how can I still be a good husband to her? How can I still be a good dad? How can I still show up in spite of my circumstances and being something I don't want to be in? I'm going, nothing is taking away my choice of how I live my life, that I can still be strong. Strong is, 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 a, is a relative word. It is a word that people only think it, it deals with muscles. And I've always been known as this strong, big figure. And it's almost as though God said, All right, I'm going to take that away from you. Who are you now? Who, who are you when I take away uh, what, what you see yourself as and what other people see you as? You really believe in who I say that you are. And yeah, that's it, it inspired me to start the foundation, it inspired me to just live life to the fullest. It's, it's inspired me to just try to be better. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hello there. Welcome to the Strong by Design podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, great to have you. Uh, Another uh, really powerful conversation that uh, will help you live a life that's strong by design. Uh, it's why we do the show to have conversations with people from all different backgrounds, uh, different walks of life who have been through some things, uh, have some lessons uh, to share that can hopefully lead you down the narrow path <laughs> that we all uh should try to travel uh, along. Um, and the, the podcast that we have here uh, is a very special thing for me personally and for our team. Uh, as you know, uh, if you've been listening to the show uh, in recent uh, months or over the last couple of years, we've had several different hosts on the show and that's on purpose. Uh, I do get the opportunity to host a majority of the episodes, but we have Mike, our, the founder of the company, who gets to host. Uh, we have Jared, who's uh, kind of our in-house pastor. He's uh, our, uh, one of our lead videographers and just a wonderful man. And uh, he uh, did the last couple of episodes with some uh, some of our guests. And uh, so we just all get to take part in the, in the show and enjoy it and uh, have meaningful conversations that can hopefully, um, you know, move the needle in your life and help you to live that life stronger by design. Okay. So if you could uh, do one thing for me uh, at some point, probably at the end of the conversation today, if you could think of someone to share this conversation with uh, that could help them, a friend or a family member, uh, just, just, Get that person in your mind as we get kind of into this conversation and and share it with them, if you would, because that really helps our show organically reach more people and touch more lives. And uh, I know when I hear a good podcast, I want to share it right away with a friend or my wife or or somebody because it made an impact in my life. And uh, like when you read a good book and you want to kind of tell everybody about it. So do the same. And uh, I really I thank you in advance for that. So. Our, our guest today, the one and only Mr. Patrick Young. Uh, I've just uh, met this man myself, but I did a little bit of homework. And as you know, we've had uh, our, our good friend Frank Rich on the podcast many times uh, over the last several years. And he's a real close friend of ours and one of our coaches on our YouTube channel. And he recently did a podcast with Patrick 
that I listened to uh, to get to know our guests a little bit better. It was a wonderful conversation. So if, if you want to go check out the super superhuman life uh, podcast with Frank Rich and you can uh, listen to their conversation or listen to Frank's podcast. I've never really promoted it uh, that much on the show, but it's a wonderful podcast. It's helping uh, men all around the world uh, break the addiction and and overcome obstacles and challenges in their lives and uh it's it's just great so our guest is a former professional american basketball player uh he's currently an espn college basketball analyst which is always really cool uh he was born and raised right here in florida we're based here in clearwater florida he was raised in jacksonville florida so he is a true floridian which uh those there aren't many of those <laughs> there's some uh but that's great uh he's recognized as a mcdonald's all-american basketball player uh, at uf at the university of florida and in his four-year college career at florida he became the 50th 1,000-point scorer in UF history, finished his career 27th on the all-time scoring list, 1,307 points. He became the 11th Gator uh, all-time with 1,300 points and 800 rebounds. He never missed a game. I'm always, I always marvel at, at, at men like you, Patrick. Uh, he is a, a true warrior. He never missed a game in his college career. And uh, he became the second player in Florida program history to appear in 150 games. And uh, I can thank Wikipedia for some of that great information there. Ho hopefully it's accurate. <laughs> um, he was awarded several honors while playing basketball at UF, including SEC Scholar uh, Athlete of the Year from uh, 2012 to 2014. He went on to play uh, professional basketball briefly in the NBA and then in Europe from 2014 to 2020. And then he started his career in broadcasting in 2021 uh, and is a studio host for the SEC Network's college basketball coverage at ESPN. So that's pretty awesome because that's something that I had desired to do uh, while I was in college and c pursuing communications and think you know how much i love sports i'm like wow this would be amazing to be able to get on with espn so patrick's get to gets to live out some of my dreams which is pretty great uh something happened though last year in june he was in a tragic car accident and it left him paralyzed from the waist down so this is relatively new this is only something he's been dealing with for the last eight months or so uh and since then he's gone on to start a foundation and we're going to get to know a little bit more about his foundation and, and the lives that he's touching and, and what he's looking to accomplish with it. So, Patrick, first of all, thank you so much for being on our show. Tremendous honor to have you, sir. Yeah, Chris, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's these last eight, eight months have been such a, a blur and there's been so much that I've that has I just transpired. You know, thinking about my basketball life, it, it just seems like a completely different life, completely different person. Um, but I'm just so grateful and thankful for the journey. Thankful for sports. You know, sports are the most important yet least important part of our society. It's a place where you get to play a game that gives you an opportunity to practice bravery, courage, sacrifice, hard work. And for the most part, no one dies. You know, there's no nothing's really at stake in those games. But and uh, I think my my athletic background helped me so much with handling real life adversity and the men that have uh, and women that have helped me to 
to just mold, mold me through all those experiences I had, the, the highs and lows, the good coaching, the bad coaching, the good teammates, the bad teammates, the winning, the losing, all that stuff. So uh, just so great for the opportunity to be here with you today, for sure. Yes, man. I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because um, I think for some people who aren't really sports fans, and that's fine. Um, some people just aren't drawn to sports. And but I think you're, they're missing out on so much and, and, and not really understanding the massive impact that being on a team, being part of a team, um, the connection there, the bonds, the, li- the life lessons learned. I, I, I've been coaching my son's baseball for the last six years, uh, head coach, and, and, and I've been assistant coach and different awesome. levels of baseball. And um, I, I, Dude, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I genuinely enjoy these boys. Uh, I've seen these boys progress. I've seen these boys from, you know, to hitting off a tee to to playing on on the on the big field. My son's eleven, so he's he's not on the on a full size major league baseball field, but he's in majors and he's on the bigger field. So seventy foot right. base path, uh, fifty foot uh, mound. What's that? What, what, how long, home runs 200, 200 feet or what is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Home runs are like two to two twenty. You know, yep. Um, yep. yeah. So, but he's he's a baller and he just really loves it. And the boys that he plays with, um, they they create the, these great friendships. Uh, but they learn about the winning and the lose. Excuse me, the losing and the struggles and and coming back. When, it, when all things look bleak and you have that one amazing half inning where you, you come back from a 10-point deficit or something, and, and they there's so much to learn uh, and to grow from in sports. And it's not that sports are more important than education, but I would say they're almost on a level playing field in terms of all the things that you learn. Listen, we're going to have classes in school that don't really apply to our lives very much when when we graduate right we're not all going to become scientists or mathematicians or engineers or architects or any of these things but we have to take these certain classes right and pass them and uh, and get get good grades and get our diplomas and stuff but the things that we learn in sports uh, the hard work it takes the commitment it takes the discipline you know uh doing you know, leadership, uh, all these things. And then the, the relationships that you that you form between your players and your coaches. I'm sure those are some of the strongest friendships and bonds that you have are with guys that you played ball with in high school or college or beyond. And some of the, the, the not just head coaches, but assistant coaches. I would say that you talk with some of these people probably on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis because of your how much you grew together well just think about it. you know when through through adversity through a shared group uh experience such as let's just use something simple as um you know you, got, you form a new team and you have your preseason training that the guys have to go through that's miserable everyone hates it yet when everyone gets through that and accomplishes accomplishes that together because it's brutal. You know, we when I was at the University of Florida, we did strongman training. And it, I, I tell you, my strength coach, Preston Green, one of the great men, he he just lit up when the season was over or before the season started. He could just get after Because you can't, you know, during the season, you can't 
train in the same way, same manner. Uh, but because we all went through that together, it was just something that we were able to bond through. And, you know, education absolutely has a place. But education, a lot of times, especially in our school systems, are just uh, memorizing, repetition, repeat versus, you know, you think about baseball. We think about baseball because I play baseball is actually my first sport. That's the first time, uh, you know, your, your boys understand that, hey, if I hit and get on base three out of ten times, I'm actually doing really well. You know, that means I, I'm failing 70 percent of the time. And as a matter of fact, if I fail 70 percent of the time in the majors, that's Hall of Fame. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> You're the best of the best. <laughs> You're the best of the best. So, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't replace. I think and I said this the other day, I think. uh the world will be a better place if everyone just not saying to a to a degree of uh, the collegiate level or professional. But if everyone at some point in their life experienced team sports to to, to do the, to, to learn sacrifice, to learn leadership, to learn um, uh, what it means to work hard, to get playing time, to not get playing time, to have that authority figure over you because. Um, People will go into their real their careers and their jobs and not be team players, uh, not understand what it means to work hard, to sacrifice, to put other people before yourself. And uh, they have all types of problems and, and won't take ownership. I think sports do a fantastic job of helping people take for the most. I think the, I think the best teams that we hear stories of that make it to a to a historic level that we remember, they have a lot of players to take ownership. A complete ownership of everything that they do um, to, for the betterment of the team. And um, it, I guess you would say that, that's been a bit of my journey, my journey as well, because, um, you know, when we when we think about when uh, you know you read all those things that I accomplished, uh, that I've been blessed enough to and fortunate to, to accomplish, I, I think always of the poster that has the glacier. Where you see ten percent yes. of the glacier or the iceberg, we have it in our hall in our oh, hallway. It's brilliant. <laughs> we have it's it in brilliant. our hallway, yeah. But then there's the ninety percent of all the things that you don't see, and I think about there's there's a scene success that is often times what people uh, remember, but because that's exactly that's what expo- that, that's what it is exposed, what's seen, what uh, is written about in the Wikipedia. But no one talks about because they're not there. They don't see the the sacrifice, the tears, the blood, uh, the failures, the things that led up to that 10 percent, not almost not being there at all. So uh, fortunately, again, Coach Donovan at University of Florida, um, just other scenarios in my life helped me to look in the mirror, call me out, be, hold me accountable in love. Speak to because they, they had a vision for me. Um, cause they knew the man that I wanted to be. And when I wasn't in alignment with who I, I said I was, when there was this double life or a fraud, like, uh, persona out on the table, it wasn't, it wasn't a calling out of like, Hey man, there's something wrong with you. It's like, Hey man, you, you're called to a higher life, a higher being. And it, I know it's not easy. I know there's a lot of influences around you, but you, you know, there's an audience of one. That's the most important audience. And that is, that is God. That's, that's the one that knows your heart, um, that knows you and has called you to be much more than the things uh, of this world. So uh, there's a lot to get into there. But, man, I'm just so grateful for my journey and things only looking at the other side of the adversity that I face. Because sometimes when we're in the middle of adversity, it's hard to see the end. And, um, yeah, that's where we are right now. 
It's awesome. Oh, it's a great transition because it's exactly where I was going with our conversation because I wanted to know more about um, your connection as a young person, as a boy, uh, your, your teen years. Who was it and or who were they, the people that were instrumental in you staying grounded or seeing you seem were you always this rooted or this grounded uh kind of in uh, you know in your spiritual walk or just um kind of kn knowing who you are or or you know i mean what was it your dad was it your coaches was it uh, was it your mother was were there siblings involved who who was it that you were surrounded by from those early years that really had the greatest impact gosh when i think about my my childhood uh i just think of first off how much of a blessing it, it, it is and and um you know my parents have been married for 36 years uh yeah, 36 years, my parents have been together. So that in, in and of itself, we don't have to get into statistics, but when uh, a child is growing up in a single parent home, just the, the trajectory of their lives are, is completely tragically different. And I think that's a, a big, a huge issue. I was listening to my pastor earlier today and he's like, we don't need more churches. We just need more men being men. We need more men stepping up and prioritizing their families over, you know, boys do what they want, men do what they should type thing. And um, growing up, growing up, uh, I should remember, man, it was just such a great childhood because I, I have a daughter now and uh, every day we didn't have a, didn't have a cell phone, didn't have uh, any technology. I mean, we started getting into video games at some point with my friends in the neighborhood, but we just we're so present, man. You just go outside and we're, we're outside from sunup to sundown. Um, you know, my, my, my buddies, the pu the pureness, the innocence of childhood at that point, my dad was fantastic. He was a huge instrumental part of my upbringing. Uh, but there were, there were some areas. And, and I, I think oftentimes, uh, either it's from our, our parents or either, either, or and also in relationships that we have someday, uh, romantic or even friendships that, our parents sometimes have gaps that, that that weren't filled within them. And then also they have things that they did really well that we want to project on our partner in the future. But my, my dad had some gaps where he felt he didn't have that great connection with his dad when it came to support on his athletic endeavors. And it was mostly his mom, but his dad, it, I, I never, never had a chance to meet, meet my dad's dad, my granddad, but understanding through his, my aunts and grandma, he was just a hardworking man that was doing what he could to support the family in the way that he knew he did. did but, you know, there were, again, some areas that my dad had missing. So my, my father, when he, um, when he got married, he just had in his heart that I'm not going to repeat that cycle. I'm going to be a man that's going to support my kids 100% and be there with whatever I can do. And uh, so grateful for that. So, so grateful for that. My sister played golf, softball. I played baseball growing up and basketball. And my dad was obviously my primary coach. And then when his expertise became limited, he went on to uh, getting me other coaches to help me out. Uh, you know, I really, we really thought baseball was going to be it for me. But, you know, I grew like seven inches in one summer and I finally started getting more coordinated. And 
lined up that basketball was going to be the route for me. But, uh, you know, my, my, my dad and mother grew up going to church. Um, and I, I think it was kind of one of those things where uh, parents and it's, you know, as, as parents, you're the lead disciple maker for your kids. You, you don't abdicate that role. Yes, you put them in the environment. Absolutely. Uh, all those things are necessary. But when it comes down to it, kids are going to catch more than what is taught. They're, you know, uh, we, we grew up in church and I felt almost at times um, that my, my dad was like, all right, just because my, I'm taking my kids to church, they'll pick it up and they'll get it versus it's, it's more important for me how I live it and how I am an example for them. And it's, it's no criticism because uh, I don't think my dad had that at all. And he, he did. He did try. He did. But for me, when I when I got to college, uh, when I well, a little bit before that, I started getting good at basketball, started getting good at sports. A little bit, I was a little bit of an awkward kid growing up. So I started getting this validation and approval and uh, uh, just just praise from how I performed on the court praise from. And, and I had never really received that before. So my my identity and value and uh, it, it just was it wasn't rooted in Christ. It was rooted in the things that I could do. Uh, even though I knew Jesus, I knew of him. I knew of all these things that he had done for me, knew the stories of the Bible. When I started getting attention in a way I had never seen known before, I started leaning towards those things of the world. So when I got to college, when I got to college, I was first time you're in, you're in school away from your parents, as we know. Uh, you're away from your parents, get, get an opportunity to see what life is like and make your own decisions as a college, as a, as a student athlete, you now have, uh, uh, scouting, weight training class, all these things on top of just, just a mess that, you know, you're not really ready for handling. And I, I didn't handle it well. I wanted, I was so, 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 uh, caught up on being liked and fitting in versus having a vision uh, making a decision, having a vision and following through with that and, and being rooted in those things. So um, fortunately, I met a guy at the University of Florida that was involved in Athletes in Action. And when I saw his life, Athletes in Action is an amazing Christian organization that helps uh, athletes grow into discover a relationship with Jesus to understand what it's like. And as athletes, it's so hard to grasp the concept of faith in Jesus because it's, it's a gift received freely. It's not, you know, when you play a sport, you're so used to working your butt off to earn it. The more I'm in the gym, the more shots I get up, the more film I watch, the more X, Y, Z I do, then I will get the validation. It's not that way at all. It's not a gift if you have to work for it. Um, so he, he when, when I developed a relationship with him in college, um, he helped me just by living his life. Didn't have to do anything drastic. I was like, my life looks nothing like his. And I call and I and I say that I'm a Christian and he is a Christian. And I'm like, what do I need to do to change change my life to look like that? And um, it still have a great relationship with him. That that was a huge pivotal moment of my life to of saying, like, I whatever I've been doing before was not it. And I wanted to be rooted more and you know it still wasn't perfect because no it's, it's about prog prog progress not perfection but that in college was a pivotal time for me to change uh and be more rooted in my faith 
versus just rooted in my performance. Right. Well, and you said so many good things there. Uh, a few things I just want to highlight is the power of, of growing up in a, a two-parent home, a, a mom and a dad. Um, because we all know, any, any of us with children, uh, how much work that oh, is. Yeah. Um, truly is very, very um, challenging, but super re- rewarding. But kids need their parents. They need both of their parents. Um, and the parents need each other to support each other. One parent has a bad day, the other one can pick them up, you know, and vice versa. And uh, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of work. But for kids uh, to, to go to bed at night knowing that mommy and daddy are both there. Um, and my wife and I are still in the, in the stage, an 11-year-old son, 7-year-old daughter, where <clears throat> they still like being in bed with us, you know. And, oh, man. And as, <laughs> as, as, but as frustrating as it is, listen, my wife and I have had these conversations for years now, right? It's like, is our, like, high school boy going to be in bed with us? You know, it's like, well, I don't think so. I think what's going to happen is, like, one day he's going to wake up and that, that's, that's just not an option anymore. And I get that. But. So we're at the stage where we've just accepted, you know what, just soak it up because it's it's, soak it up because one day when he does wake up and he's, you know, he's a 13 year old and he's going through puberty and growing and 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 liking girls and all that, you know, all that stuff's happening. That's that time has passed now. Right. right? It's not an option anymore. So I'm just going to I'm just going to soak it up. But it makes me feel good that my kids have a mom and a dad. And I know how powerful that is in terms of setting them up for success later in life to feel loved and to feel supported and to feel heard. And, uh, and just be affirmed. Um, I mean, especially for it's so boys. vital. Boys need a, a woman can yeah. confirm. Yeah. You're a man, but a, a, a man can affirm what it means to be a man to a boy. It, it, you need that. That it's, it's not cool chasing that, you know, tr- treating women a certain way, less than what they're called to. It's not cool to, uh, you know, they, they, follow, they follow what dad does. They follow what dad does. And without that example, the world is going to tell you what a man is. And we all see what the man, what the world, how, how good of a job the world is doing with that as of now. Exactly, my man. It's exactly right, right? We need every man to start stepping up and having conversations like this, talking about how important it is, what their role is, and and they see the world burning down around the and then one and they're wondering why. Well, they're running why because there's not kingdom men stepping up. You know, I have my Tony Evans devotional here. Oh, you know who Tony, Tony Evans, Evans is, right? I love every, Tony Evans. Oh. D- who, who who is it? If you're not a Tony Evans guy, you got to wake up. <laughs> his only flaw, his he's, only flaw, is he's a Cowboys fan. That's his only flaw. <laughs> that's his only flaw. Because yeah, that's and that's a pretty big flaw. I know, but he listen. I've been a big fan of his for years. I have a devotional that is the cover is falling off of it. I you know it's it's like the binding, but I read it when you know when I read my Bible. Uh, and I read, I read that, and I read. There's one other devotional I read, and uh, I, I just, I love it. It's a 90 day devotional, so every three months I'm just going through the same thing. But it's funny how when you read things, and you know this, 
and anyone listening knows this, when you read something at a certain stage of your life, it means one thing to you. And when you're at a different stage of your life, those words take on new meaning. So you get different, you get a different reaction to it or a different feeling about it or something, right? And so, and that's what makes being in the word or a, a devotional like that so powerful is because depending on where you are in your journey in life, it can have different meaning and different value for you. And uh, I just think, I, 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 you know, just, and you being so vulnerable in the conversation I heard with, with Frank and some things we're going to dive into, like the vulnerability and humility and stuff that strong men, very strong men, very powerful men, what makes you more powerful and stronger is being vulnerable and being more humble um, and being a better listener and all these characteristics that sometimes kind of get pushed to the wayside when people think of like, you know, leaders and strong men. Um, the more vulnerable you are, I think, as as yeah. a leader, um, or yeah. the more open and honest you are, the, the more the more potent you are. Man, it's, it's funny you say that. I, I, I think that is a huge issue in our politics now that no one can be vulnerable and say I made a mistake. It's, it's like no one makes a mistake when it comes to politics. And I'm just like the, the strength and power it, it takes to say to get up on stage in front of people because we all we all make mistakes. No one's asking anyone in a position of power to be perfect. And I the, the ones that that are asking of that are delusional. But to, and it took me a while to, to get to a place where I have been so comfortable talking about the things that I struggle with. But I just realized if you want if you want real relationship, if you want closeness, if you want things to thrive, if you want a, a friendship to be more than just about fantasy football, more than just about sport, you have to be able to open up and let people know what's going on with you. And that's why, you know, it's I actually joined a devotional group, a, a discipleship group, you know. It's not it's not out of fear or something's going wrong. It's out of hopefully help. these guys can see my blind spots. Uh, they know the struggles and things that I'm trying to work on as a man. Uh, sometimes just being able to vent. And uh, it's fun. My pastor, he said this the other day. He was like, man, you want to know why Joe Rogan is so famous? Because a lot of men don't talk to anybody else. And they, they, they consider Joe Rogan just to be their friend so they can talk about nothing for three hours. If, if guys had best friends where they actually just sat and talked, we wouldn't need somebody like that. And um, yeah, that's, that's why I'm like, I want real friendships. Life is too short for people not to know what I'm going through and me not to know what they're going through. And those are the conversations that sharpens, makes people sharper. Iron sharpens iron uh, right there. Yep. No doubt, man. Absolutely. Um, 100% true is, is we're, we're at our best when we're in community and when we're in conversation and you said the, the magic word, like other people can help you through your blind spots, things that you don't even see about yourself or even realize things that you're doing or saying, and they can, they can kind of put their, they have their finger on the pulse of that. And they're like, listen, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Cause you know, I love you. You know, and then, yeah, you know, X, Y, Z. And when, it, it means more, right? The better someone knows you, the more meaningful when they point something out about you that maybe needs 
you know, needs fixing or needs correction or needs uh, some focus, extra focus. And, uh, you know, we do that here in the building. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, the founder of this company, Critical Bench, has been a friend of mine for 32 years. We've known each other. And and so I theoretically, I kind of work for my best friend, which it has its it's had its challenges in the past. But after 10 years, it's we've gotten through, I think, all those humps at this point that that. Um, but even just with other people that I work with, the, the connection, the closeness, we hold each other accountable to things. We talk about life together and family things. And this podcast, obviously, is very helpful in that regard. And uh I love that you're you're in a in a discipleship group. You're in a connect group, as they call it, at my church a lot. And gosh, if more people just would be in a connect group, I'm in one on Saturday mornings. I get with the same guys I've been getting with for years, and sometimes new guys are filtered into the group. And uh, we do it virtually at 7 a.m. every Saturday morning. And sometimes I have to miss because of baseball, or yeah, I got to sleep in because I went to bed late or whatever. But sometimes. I don't even set my alarm and I, before I go to bed I, and it's kind of late and I'll say, you know what? I, I, I really need sleep, but it, I, I, I want to see my guys. So God just wake me up in the morning and I'll tell you wow. more times than I can count. I'll, I'll wake up at like six fifty nine seven Oh one, like, right. I mean, dude, <laughs> it's the it's the weirdest thing, and I'm a guy. I need to wake up to an alarm typically, you know, like yeah, during like otherwise I'll sleep late or something. Yeah, but if if I say that to myself before I go to bed, I, there's just something that happens, and and God shakes me awake in the morning so I can I can get on my on that call. But there's just there's so much power in that, and um, and it's not and it's not like a one and done or or i'll just do it for a few weeks it's like the more you do it the more you want to do it because the better it, it makes you in life it, it absolutely does i mean if you ask the person um hey would you would you prefer instead of being on social media all the time would you rather have a group of friends where uh they know you they care for you they pray for you uh it's there's not a fear of temptation of of falling, falling off your goals or the vision that you have for yourself. You can have a, a, a community like this around you accessible weekly. Would you, would you prefer that? Because, you know, the, the social media life is not fulfilling. I mean, I, I, I literally, I delete, I only, I do the best I can to only get on Twitter and Instagram when I'm up here for work. Uh, Cause I'm up here in Charlotte. Cause other than that, I'm like, it is such a way it, I'm on there. It never makes me feel better about myself. It never fills me up. But one conversation with one of my best buddies for about 30 minutes and I am just fired up. Just I'm like, that's that's all I really need. I don't I, I can go without the social media. Just let me stay connected with some men that love Jesus, love me and I love them. And we and it doesn't it's not always a uh this conversation of us just trying philosophical. Sometimes we're just right. shooting, shooting, shooting the box, you know, and just and just uh, having a great old time. It's just and it's just good, clean, fun. You know, I don't have to worry about my my wife approves of these friendships and relationships. And that's what the biggest thing now that I'm married. I want my wife to know, like, hey, Patrick's hang, you, he's hanging out with Daniel. Oh yeah, as as long as you want, babe. Take your time, you know, like t- type thing. 
it, it feels good, right? When you, you that that trust factor in your in your marriage is huge in who you're associating with, and are those healthy relationships? I mean, your wife will know. All this does is make my husband better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's encouraged, you know. And and I get the same thing from my wife, you know, about like, babe, I, I really don't want to miss church tomorrow, or you know, maybe we have to do a Saturday night service because Sunday's kind of crazy with sports or or something. Um, and or you know, I gotta, I can't miss my men's call or whatever. She's never going to be like, oh, geez, you know, like. <laughs> It's it's it, she knows I need it. I need to vent and I need to be around other men. And uh, it is the iron sharpens iron mantra, which is obviously, you know, just so powerful uh, for anyone listening. Please find some. It, sometimes it just takes one person. Um, oftentimes it just takes one. That, that's where it starts. It starts with one person and just connect with somebody who uh, who knows you. Uh, or who you want to to, uh, to know know you better, um, and it's mentorship and um, and it's discipleship, and that's what we're kind of that's what we're called to do uh, is is to to help each other. So um, we haven't really touched on it at all, but I'd I'd love to go down the road just a little bit because this is an area of struggle for so many men listening, um, and it just men and women, but I would say it's more of a men problem. Um, and you talked about it for pretty extensively with Frank and stuff, but this is an area I struggled with, uh, for years, uh, as did most men, like just even looking at stuff that we're probably not supposed to, or not proud of, um, uh, on the internet, on our phones, on a laptop, stuff that we would do late at night. Um, and you know, pornography is, is it's not something I want for my 11 year old son. I'll tell you that much. And we're right at the stage where he is begging us for a phone, right? We have pushed it off. He does not have his own phone yet. Um, because I, I know once, once you make that decision, right? If you got it, you got to do it right. Um, and because I, and I've even told him, I said, buddy, one, you can't unsee things. Yeah. Once you start, plugging into certain things, there's just certain things you can't unsee and it changes your world. And so that's what mommy and daddy are we're trying to guard you against the world because the world can be pretty ugly. It can be violent. It can be sexual. It can be a lot of things that weren't, that didn't even exist when daddy was little, you know, and I, I'm just trying to keep you a boy <laughs> as long as I can, you know? Right. So Will you talk a little bit from your own your own perspective of, of some of those struggles and, and overcoming those very difficult struggles and, and, and challenges? Gosh, Chris, it's a great, great uh, pivot for sure to, to get on this, this category because I look back on my life and think of the struggles that I faced and I didn't even have, you know, social media wasn't even around. Uh, yeah, you know, when I first got exposed, I, I can only imagine, you know, I have I have a 10 year old daughter and she she wants an iPad and uh, all these things. And I'm just fearful because fearful of what because it's like it's it's a it's a tidal wave of over sexualization. There is no where is any dignity, any grain of clinging to innocence or prudence or just modesty there's none 
I, as soon as you open the internet, you watch, turn the television on. But I just remember, you know, when I, when I think about my struggles and journeys, and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure you would probably say the same, you know, my biggest, my one of my biggest regrets or biggest, if I could go back and change anything, it would be any exposure to pornography ever in my life. I wish, I wish that would have never been a single part of my life and could have held on to that innocence as long as possible. And because it affected, it affected my exposure to pornography affected the way that I viewed women at a young age. Uh, and that only, only, uh, develop more as you get desensitized to what you're seeing and you want to see more and more and more. And then realizing going through that cycle of guilt, shame and regret is a cycle that just continues going because there's, there's something deeper in there that you're looking that we're looking for. We're looking for connection. You know, what is, what is sex? It was something that was created uh, by God for men and women when they're married in that, in that container of marriage that enjoy it to the, to the fullest, but it, it pornography is distorted that, and it is, it has made it, it has made it about just fulfilling your needs. It's not about the other person. It's not about this being a sacred, a sacred thing for uh, a person to wait for. And, you know, I just, I just look back at my childhood upbringing. I think the first time, the first time I got exposed, I think was around middle school and it wasn't even, it wasn't even uh, me seeing something first. It was me hearing other middle schoolers talking about pornography and and about uh, masturbation, which lighted you know, sparked something in my mind and my curiosity, and and got me going on the internet and my, on a family computer, and then eventually just when I had a television in my room, staying up trying to watch what was coming on late night HBO, and just living in secret, living in. Yeah, it, it, it's like there's so much shame, you know, not, not that there is any condemnation for those in Jesus, but shame when you go back thinking about, man, that thing had such a grip on me that I was willing to do whatever. And it's like we shouldn't be controlled by anything. And yet that was what pornography was for me. And I, and I you know, anyone listening, that mindset and thought of like, oh, one day I'll I'll just get over it. I'll grow out of it. Uh, you don't grow out of an addiction. You have to break an addiction. You have you have to share this burden with with somebody else. First off, um, and really, first off, n- number one, call it what it is. I didn't want to call it an addiction. I thought that okay, you know, I'm gonna eventually it'll it'll go away uh, when I get married, when I get a girlfriend, and it's like mine's still not in the right place because you shouldn't I shouldn't shouldn't be sleeping around with a woman that is not my wife. And I would go through periods of where I could stop using my willpower, where it wasn't a thing that bothered me that, that I was dealing with. And then other times where I didn't even care. And it's like I was battling this while being a Christian. And, and I say that uh, with air quotes because I wouldn't nobody had, had any idea of the struggles that I was dealing with. And that's, not, and that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to, to go no. these things on our own. I wasn't. And, and, you know, it just so much regret around that. But there's also so much freedom in knowing that Jesus saw everything that I was going to commit before and still chose me and still forgave me. And does when, when I came to accept and walk and, and been able to walk away from that, uh, even having hiccups along the way, I just know that he is not holding that against me. 
Um, and then I can walk freely and just, you know, the real bit, the huge catalyst was when I started dating my, my wife again, we, we known each other for 11 years. This was what changed everything for me. Cause I still at 29 years old was still, uh, uh, on and off every now and then looking at pornography and, um, my, my fiance and I at the time we got, we're getting pretty serious. She wasn't my fiance. She was my girlfriend at the time and now wife. She she we we were, she came to visit me in Jacksonville and she said to me she's asking me randomly because I had shared with her a while back that I had some struggles with pornography and she was like if you're still struggling with pornography or ever go to a strip club I consider both of those things cheating and we will not work out pretty much like I she, just the way that she said because we were having a really good night we were just hanging out we went to like this uh, karaoke. Uh, or bingo rock and roll spot downtown Jacksonville just happened. And then all of a sudden she said that and my mind went, holy crap. I don't want to lose this woman that I love. I have to get this nipped in the bud right now. And then I, I ended up not sure if you know, Sathya Sam, uh, that's who Frank knows uh, pretty well that deals with a, a program called deep clean. And I put my money more where my mouth was and went through a huge, uh, a huge program to help me discover so much about myself, learning about what addiction is, journaling, self-awareness. And that is pretty much what helped me get to freedom. Yeah. Wow, man. That's great testimony. Um, and it, I love that you said that you, you, you don't grow out of an addiction. You have to break an addiction and that, and that goes for any kind of addiction. Um, it's not just something one day you're magically just kind of, grow out of oh that's behind me now i've i've now leveled up it's like no it, it, it's a concerted effort that takes a lot of your your time your energy and support uh and education uh there's so much that we need to learn about why we find something so appealing to to the level where it has complete control or dominance over us right power over us and um I, I definitely, I think I had made a commitment. I forget if it's been five years. I, I'm not counting the years, but there was a point where I think it was some point in August or September several years ago where I just was, it's almost like I just got to the point where after you look at pornography and you, you know, you get past your... <laughs> Your two minutes of uh, uh, of taking care of business, let's say. Do you ever? Did you ever once? I was asking myself, do I? Do I ever once feel good about what I just did? That kind of thing. And if it's something that you never, ever, not one time, it feel so good crazy. about, yeah, then why are you? Why do you continue to do it? So, it, and people will say, well, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, it does. It hurts you. <laughs> it hurts the person doing it because it's not normal to, it, it's one, it's, it's not normal because there is no connection to somebody that your, your brain is trying to form a connection with and you're, you're, and it, it, it it's not a normal type thing. Uh, and I just, I got to the point where I was just sickened by it. And and kind of disgusted with myself, and I just made a commitment to myself. I I'm sure I prayed about it. I'm sure I had some converse vertical conversation, 
and for you know just looking seeking for for strength and um not wanting to to do it anymore and luckily i haven't gone backwards in that thing now not to say that i'm on instagram too i see stuff on instagram that i'm like oh my gosh and as a man you know, it's it's hard to look away from stuff when you're scrolling or you're you know, and you're like, gee whiz, and it, so you find out I got to stop following some of this stuff yep, because yep. I can't, I, I can't, because what it does is it's an entry point, right? It's an entry point. You see one image and then you see a second image, or a trigger, and then it, yeah. it takes you down. Yeah. This, yeah, it's a trigger. No, you're dead on. Yeah. You're dead on. Uh, it, it, yeah. So I, I think it's just coming to terms and getting to the point where, you know, you when you have an awareness about something um, and then you got to, you know, whether our listeners have uh, have faith or strong faith or not, um, it takes more than just you to break those shackles and to break free of an addiction. It takes support of a spouse, of a friend of a mentor, of somebody that you trust, uh, and somebody that can help hold you accountable. Um, it's, and, and absolutely you and, and I know it takes, uh, it takes prayer and it takes faith in, in God's, uh, almighty power to be able to distance ourselves from those bad decisions. Well, I think, I think one of the things that a lot of People, faith or not, it doesn't matter because this this thing will attack anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, but there's a fear of being found out, right? There's a fear of getting caught and destroying a relationship and or whatever that thing may be. Let me tell you, there's so much. Well, one exercise that I remember going through with Sathya, he had me visualize the worst case scenario of me taking the step instead of my wife finding out. How about I tell her what I've been struggling with? And the yeah, worst case right. scenario, you, you go through the worst case scenario that could happen. But and, and it's a scenario that w- wouldn't happen. You know, uh, she she responded to love when I did end up t- talking to her about that. But I'll tell you what, keeping it into your w- within yourself. And it, it is I don't know anyone that's defeated porn- pornography addiction by themselves. And. The first step is, again, as like I said, naming it an addiction and then telling somebody, yes, it, it is hard. Somebody knows something that you've been struggling with now. But guess what? They're in the battle with you. They're, they're in they're in the ring with you now to help you help you through it. And uh, can whatever those next steps may be uh, to help you better yourself, because freedom, having freedom from just I just think of all the time wasted. Uh, all the 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 emotional waste waste as well through all of it uh, of just yeah, self you know just looking at myself and just thinking like man how could I do that how could I do this and that and and it, it, there's just so much so many layers to it um, I just wish I would have found deep clean or whatever system to help me get free so much sooner in life. Yep, yep, man, that's a great point too. The time. The th- I used to call it the 30 minute rabbit hole of wasted time. 30 minutes of just stupid. Oh, I'll go to this one. Oh, now I'll go to this one. Oh, this one looks good. I'll go to this one. And, and you just keep going and you keep going I'm deeper minutes, and yeah. deeper. And it's like 30 minutes. I could have read a, a chapter in a book. Could've I could have bettered out. my life. I could have yeah. worked out. 
I could have I could have prayed. I could have gotten more sleep. I could have got right. So man, it's 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 just it's so good. It's so good. So we haven't even gotten. So your your world changed quite a bit a little under a year ago, and but that didn't slow you down. It changed uh, things, but it doesn't seem to slow you down at all. But will, will you tell our listeners a little bit, it, it, a little bit about what what happened, obviously, uh, yeah. and and but what what has come uh, from it? Yeah. So um, after basketball season was over, well, I, I proposed to my, fian- my 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 girlfriend at the time. Uh, became my fiance in December, and we had our wedding date planned for July 9th of 2022. Uh, she said yes, obviously. And um, basketball season was still going on. I was still working and living in Jacksonville. She was up in Nebraska, her and, her, and our, our daughter, her stepdaughter. Um, that's, uh, I, so we, I, we were kind of doing long distance for a bit as we are planning, preparing for our wedding. And season ends, and I go up to Nebraska where it's freezing. Uh, go up to Nebraska after the season's over, and I say, you know, I want to stay up there and, and just cultivate relationship with her family and my two B daughter as we're preparing for marriage. And it was a great time up there. Played a lot of golf, uh, but there's not a lot to do in Nebraska. So at one point, I started working for an irrigation company and just just getting my hands dirty, getting up early in the morning. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the, the the people I was working with and putting together these huge pivots and. Was doing it for about two weeks, and it was just any other casual day. But on this day, uh, on the dirt road, I just lost control of my vehicle, um, going through a, and went, ended up going through a stop sign, and vehicle flipped over. I was the only one; no one else was involved, and ended up breaking my back, uh, fracturing my T seven and T eight, and um, having a spinal cord injury. Uh, ended up having to get emergency surgery airlifted from Nebraska to South Dakota, had to get an eight and a half hour surgery to get two rods and 12 screws put in my back. And man, just life completely flipped upside down. Being told that rehabilitation is very unlikely. And, uh, you know, all the hospitals that I ended up going to at that point, they just prepare you for life being in a wheelchair. And I just knew in my mind that if, if, if this is the circumstance that I'm going to be in, God, I believe in my heart that God doesn't waste pain, that he hasn't said, oops, what am I going to do now? Yes, it's unideal. Yes, I wouldn't have asked for this platform. Yes, all those things that I struggled emotionally, I have my doubts and fears and and you name it. Anything that someone's hearing that can project how they will respond to the situation. I felt all of those things. I cried. I'm sad. Why did this happen to me? And yet, because I had such a strong foundation in my family and a strong faith in believing that God is still in control, I said, you know what? I'm going to put God to the test and not not a way of like testing if God is there, but testing that he is good because I know he's good and I know he has a plan for my life and I know he's not wasting this. And I've been put in a position where I need to be 100 percent dependent upon God. And that's a place where we all honestly should be. But mine was just a little bit more uh, <laughs> immediate than others, I guess you would say, with with realizing that. But in that time, I said, you know, let me stop thinking about myself and thinking about how because because, you know, I'm the number one person that's affected, obviously. And number two is my wife. You know, how can I still be a good husband to her? How can I still be a good dad? How can I still show up in spite of my circumstances and being something I don't want to be in? 
I'm going, nothing is taking away my choice of how I live my life, that I can still be strong. Strong is, 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 a, is a relative word. It is a word that people only think it, it deals with muscles. And, but it's, it's, identi- it's, it's funny because I've always been known as this strong, big figure. And it's almost as though God said, All right, I'm going to take that away from you. Who are you now? Who, who are you when I take away uh, what, what you see yourself as and what other people see you as? Do you really believe in who I say that you are? And yeah, that's it, it inspired me to start the foundation, it inspired me to just live life to the fullest. It's, it's inspired me to just try to be better, to just keep promoting this message of not allowing your circumstances to, to dictate how you live your life how you show up uh, daily. So, um, yeah, that's been it in the just, and it's not, again, it hasn't been easy. You know, I'm, I'm, it, you know gratitude is not, gratitude is not, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say gratitude is never the easy choice. Gratitude is a choice to say, in spite of the circumstances, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my lenses and focusing on those things that I do uh, have to be thankful for. So that's what I've chosen. Those are the things that have carried me, my amazing wife, my amazing family, my amazing daughter, uh, my amazing physical therapist that have helped me hit, hit breakthroughs already. So I'm, I'm not worried. You know, I just wish things would hurry up. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, but I'm just taking everything one day at a time. And, and literally I am trusting God, um, and not focusing on now. I'm not waiting for my circumstances to change to be happy and choosing joy in this moment, in this day. It's great. It's, we do a daily meeting here called a huddle. It's a very quick, we have our big Monday meetings as, as a, as a team, all of us together, it's an extended meeting, but then we do these little five minute get togethers where we all just kind of go over key parts of our, of our role here and and where we are in the process of, of something of a project or whatever. And my lesson, we share victories and we share lessons before we share key performance indicators like numbers and stuff. My lesson today was focus on the process and enjoy the journey. Live in gratitude for what you have and what you've been given. And I think if more people lived in gratitude on a, on a regular basis. And you got to, you got to fight for that, man. It's like you said, it doesn't just come naturally. You you got to be gratitude, you know? Yep. That's right. They call it practice gratitude for a reason, because none of us are perfect at it. And you, you got to be really diligent and mindful and and I'll tell you, most times when I get down on my knees and I'm praying, my prayers begin with gratitude for my many blessings in my life. I mean, if you think about it, all the different opportunities you've had and the people you've been around and learned from, how, how grateful are you for all those experiences and those people and those memories? And and so I'm always I'm always looking up and I'm like, I, I don't. I'm not worthy of all this. I don't deserve all of this, um, but I'm, I'm grateful for it. Thank you so much. And for my family and my, my children, for my brothers and my, and uh, my coworkers and what I get to do for a living. I mean, I'm just, I'm so blessed and gosh, it, it leaves you feeling so, like you've, you fall in love with your life. Yes. 
and yeah. I think if more, more people really loved their life and felt purpose in their in this life, that that would that's change so this world. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that I, I I've been just striving to combat any level of entitlement that I deserve, I should have, and just saying, oh my gosh, I've had I've had such a great life, and I have a great life. And yeah, we can all, everybody could nitpick and say they want things to be different. But how about just saying thank you for what you have? Because things could be different on a worse spectrum. I mean, look at the people in Syria and Turkey that were just going to sleep. And, you know, I think over 30,000 people passed away from th those two earthquake earthquakes. Right. Hmm. It's. It boggles it boggles the mind to even think about stuff like that. How fortunate we are, you know. You're you're one breath away or one day away from something you don't even see coming, and so be grateful. Uh, did I hear on the episode with Frank? I think I did. Where are you in your recovery? Are, oh yeah. Are, are you uh, getting some? So are you getting some movement? Yeah. So uh, great question. I. Um, I had just started getting back, getting to the pool about two weeks ago. Um, so I go to physical therapy since I'm in the season right now. It would be five days a week, but I'm going four days a week just because I on Wednesdays impossible. I'm in Charlotte. Uh, so I go I, I do this thing called Cyberdyne. Um, I've had a video I think I posted on social media before where it's like this robot thing that connects to my legs. And uh, it's if I didn't have signals going down my legs below my injury, I wouldn't be able to use this, which is a huge sign, you know, that there's it's the signals are weak, but their signals are there. The more that you work them, the more that they'll get stronger and start to relearn what they used to do. But also I've, I've started getting in the pool and the pool is the best place ever because there's so much you can do in the pool that you can't do out of the pool. Any movements that you have that you can do in the pool, you see them. Uh, so so uh, exaggerated, I guess you would say. Like I can raise my legs, do a hip flexor, using my hip flexors, uh, make my legs go side to side. Um, it's just only the beginning. I've only been doing the pool for about two weeks now, uh, and I'm going to continue to work. Continue. I believe faith without works is dead. I'm going to continue to work until I'm going to go until God says no. Uh, but yeah, the, the things that I've been able to do as thus far are things that eight months ago, the surgeon didn't think I would be able to, or even at the hospital after uh, with my category of injury. So uh, we're just gonna keep going, keep believing and choosing joy in the midst of it, that in the midst of things being hard in the middle of it, just keep working, just keep moving forward. It's awesome. It's great. It does, it takes, it's, it's, uh what faith faith without works is is, is dead right yep. uh, you, you, you know we, we have a role to play and um, and we have need to be men of action people of action men and women of action and um, we're blessed every day like we said just a moment ago to wake up and 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 GSD as we say around here get stuff done is the clean version of that and um, so that that's wonderful, man. That's great news. I'm so encouraged to hear that. And I, I know it's uh, I'll have to follow your journey here in the coming weeks and months and to see uh, your progression and stuff. So that's exciting. Well, keep going. Um, keep and I'm sure your 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 wife is is uh, is excited, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at that idea. Well, she, she, she's excited that now I, I'm driving 
So, uh, and gosh, she sacrificed so much and so thankful for, so thankful and grateful to my wife. And now that I can drive, uh, I'm the primary driver of the household again, <laughs> which I'm happy to be. I'm very happy to be. Because uh, she, last seven months, she's been doing all of that. So, uh, yeah, just such a blessing to have her. Where can our listeners go, Patrick, to learn more about your foundation, number one? And, and number two, um, you know, just to follow you uh, on whatever platform you, you uh, prefer. Yeah, working on working on my own personal website. I'll have that up, up and going next month. But um, for the foundation, it's P-Y, the number four, foundation.org. Um, right now, we're uh, applying to get our fiscal sponsorship because our 501 status is pending. Um, but the purpose of the foundation is to help those affected by life-altering injuries by providing life-changing resources. So we're, we're striving to help as many people as we can with those little things, with those big things, and going to do it on an annual basis. Our next event that we're, I got a call later on planning uh, an event around my accident date, June 29th, um, to do something very special there. And for my own personal social media stuff is Patrick Young. And the number four, and that's Patrick without a K, P-A-T-R-I-C-Y-L-U-N-G, number four. And that's primarily I just use Instagram and um, and Twitter. That's it. Uh, but, yeah, you can catch me there. That's great, man. And so you're you're loving uh, your connection here to SEC uh, sports. Uh, uh, you get to uh, – now that's why you're up where you are, right, because of uh, uh, your, the work that you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. this, and it's so cool, man. You know, I've, I've been uh, just in this in this time. I was fearful that I, you know, would I be able to do the job, and they were so gracious and saying, "No, we want you. Are you you? Do you want to do it? Absolutely, I want to show up um, and be. You know, my just willingness to show up and posting my journey because I'm not a person that likes to show myself off. But I realize in the midst of this, it, I'm, I'm trying to inspire people. Uh, the other day, head coach Buzz Williams of Texas A&M, we were interviewing him after their win. He just stops our interview and just praises me for everything that I've been doing and going through in my journey on national television. And it was just awesome. Um, so I, I just hope to that. Uh, he's like, you, he's like, you have no idea how many people you're affecting by just how you're showing up every day. And uh, I was like, I, I was like, coach, it's all I need to hear to keep going. And I'm, that's why I'm here now. That's what I'm going to keep doing every day. That's awesome. Terrific. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad he took a moment to to do that for you and shows you his heart. Uh, so that's that's pretty great. Well, dude, I can't thank you enough for making this time, Patrick. Um, you know, just a week ago, we didn't even know each other. And I felt like I got to know you quite a bit in an hour and share your walk uh, with our listeners. And I know there's so many great takeaways and um I, we help somebody today. We help probably we help probably many people today with this conversation, and maybe this is the the, the, the tipping point for them in their life to to make a a, a change, uh, to step uh, into uncharted waters, uh, to to be held accountable, to uh, to be more encouraged, to seek community um, with with other people, and uh, to overcome a struggle or an addiction of some kind. So uh, th it's just wonderful. Uh, again, just so much gratitude for you. And, um, you know, I look forward to uh, following your story 
as it just continues to get better and better. So listeners, I promised uh, another great conversation. And sure enough, we did it again here on Strong by Design. Uh, Please, uh, hopefully you've thought of somebody you could share this conversation with uh, that could help them in their life uh, as it, as it, it has impacted me and helped me in my life. Uh, every conversation I have makes me a better man. So I hope it helps you. We thank you so much. We love you here at Strong by Design. Join us next week on Wednesday, as always, when a new episode drops. We'll talk with you then. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.